0: Well, you know you're listening to Top Rope Nation. You might know I'm Jim Ross, the voice of AEW, and we're glad you're with us. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today episode 182 of top rope nation it's the aew full gear review show this is ryan Drosty of comicbook.com and it's going to be a little bit of a different show for you today i do not have either kyle ross or justin joint on the line with me a uh, lot of scheduling difficulties trying to get this show out to you this week, as you guys know, if you're longtime listeners of Top Rope Nation, we like to do a, a pay-per-view review show right after the show goes off the air or at the latest the next morning, and uh, it was just really difficult this weekend. Justin was celebrating his anniversary on Saturday night, so he didn't get the chance to see the show, and uh, Kyle's just been swamped with work on the weekends. His job is really heavy on the weekends when he does the majority of his work, so it was kind of up to me. And, uh, it, it was kind of last minute planning, uh, based on what the guys had on their schedule and, and kind of communication between us, not really understanding if they'd be able to do the show or not. So I didn't reach out to get a co-host in time. And I didn't want to just kind of bring someone in, you know, without much notice and, and put them in a bad spot. So I decided, you know, I want to put something out still. And so I thought, I guess I'll fly solo. <laughs> I'll do what, uh, Good friend of the show, Zach Hadorn, does over at PW Torch. He does a solo, a solo podcast. And uh, other people in the game do it too. Solo Monster Sounds Off is, is a famous one. And I have so much respect for those guys that they can do a show all by themselves and make it entertaining. I don't know if I'll succeed or not, so let me know. you know, said the show send the show an email, top nation at gmail.com. Let us know what you think because I'm gonna do this thing. I th- I think the responsibility kind of falls on me to put something out for the listeners. And a lot of you have remained the dedicated listeners to Top Rope Nation for years. And uh, I don't want to let you down, guys. I I mix the show. I put it out. I advertise it on social each and every week. And if I didn't put out a show for you reviewing one of AEW's, you know, just four pay-per-views throughout the year, I would feel really guilty about it. I, I got to get something out for you. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm sitting here. It's Monday afternoon, and I'm recording a show solo And I think I have shown a lot of dedication to you all over the years. All you have to do is go back in our archives, go back to October of 2018. I recorded a show mere hours before my wife was induced to have our second child into labor. Still wanted to get the show out there for you. Uh, We put shows out during holiday season. We're we're always here for you. I want to put something out. I want you guys to hear the thoughts on AEW because I really enjoyed the show as I'm going to get into and I don't want to just hang back and not release the show. So I'm going to do it now. I think that dedication has paid off for the show over the years. I think we've garnered a pretty good size audience. Is the show as big as I had envisioned when I launched this thing four and a half years ago? No, I, of course I'd like the show to get, to get bigger, but I'm going to stay dedicated and shows don't grow without dedication. And, uh, You know, if you appreciate what I'm doing, if you appreciate what Kyle is doing, and you appreciate what Justin's doing for you, please, please, please support the show wherever you're finding your podcast. If you're listening on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, hit us up with that subscribe. Better yet, leave a written review or five-star rating on Apple. I I plug this each and every week, but it really does do so much for us. If you take two seconds to just go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you really want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. It's the number one way to support what we are doing. We give you guys bonus content only available on Patreon. In fact, the last release we put out last week was a preview of one of our Patreon exclusive classics podcasts where we went back in time and we looked at a Saturday night's main event, kind of a legendary edition of that show from November of 1986 it's a really fun time if, if you like our standard podcast you guys are gonna love top rope nation classics and you can only hope you can only hear those over on patreon you can hear the preview of the show here on our regular podcasting feed but to hear the whole show patreon.com slash top rope nation and of course i want to give a shout out to blue wire uh, we are part of the blue wire podcasting network check out bluewirepods.com for all your podcasting needs and a little bit later in the show, we'll be hearing from our sponsors, the good folks over at BetOnline and Indeed.com. So Saturday night was AEW's second incarnation of the Full Gear pay-per-view show. Uh, they had the debut the debut AEW Full Gear was last November. And uh, I thought that this year's, the, the second ever AEW Full Gear was a really entertaining show. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, if I were to give this a grade on the old A through F scale, as we often do here on our, or as, as I should say, as we always do on our pay-per-view review shows, I would give it probably a B plus. I think that this was definitely capable of being an A level show. If they would have trimmed some of the fat, I think the show was still just a little bit long and there was a couple of matches on here that they probably didn't need to have on the pay-per-view, but overall, I mean, there was a lot to like on the shows I'm going to get into. I put, I put the poll out on our Twitter page, twitter.com slash Nation, and I asked the listeners, what did you think of the show? We got 138 votes, 61% gave the show an A, uh, 18% a B, 11% a C, and just 8% the D or F. So sounds like all of you out there in the Twitterverse liked what you saw as well. Now, I'm going to go through the matches, uh, you know, kind of give you my thoughts on them, kind of in brief form uh, and just general overall views on the show. It's not going to be as in-depth as if I had some co-hosts here, because, again, it's just me talking to you. But uh, I think we're still going to kind of dive in pretty well to uh, the big high points and, and the low points of AEW Full Gear and what, what could have been done better and what was done extraordinarily well. And I think as you look at it, just overall, what I wanted to say as we start looking at this show is there was a couple of things right off the bat that I thought... Really helped the show succeed. Okay, Number one, I thought the announcing was very good. We have been somewhat critical on the announcing of AEW over over the uh, months that the, I guess over a year now that the company has been around. And I thought, for example, Jim Ross, I thought Jim Ross was right on on the show. I thought he did a very, very good job. Jim has, at different times this year, you know, kind of struggled a little bit on the microphone getting back into the swing of things, but I thought he was excellent during full gear. Uh, another part of the show that I thought was good was uh, the crowd aspect. Now they're they're not performing in front of a full crowd, but this was a seemed to be a little bit bigger crowd than they've had at the Dynamite tapings. And I think that crowd response really helped. I and mean, we obviously we've been missing that with both WWE and, and AEW throughout the pandemic and you could definitely tell there was there was a, a sizable group there. And I thought it helped the overall atmosphere. Of the show for sure so looking at what went down now i did not actually have a chance to watch the pre-show um i do like the fact that they did bring in the nwa women's champion over the last several weeks and had an nwa women's championship match here where serena deeb defeated allison k uh and you know it's it's been talked about at length we talked about on on the show here the AEW women's division has not been living up to expectations and I think bringing in talent like this to to supplement what they're doing, I, I think it's a good idea. So I have no problem with them having the NWA Women's Champion on the show, uh, on the pre-show that is the buy-in. Uh, I think that's a perfect place to put that uh, when you when you lay out the show. Now, when the pay-per-view got started, the first match right out of the gate was Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. And this has been such a good storyline this year. You go back to... You know, Revolution, the great tag team match with these two uh, defeating the Young Bucks. And at that time, there was a full crowd in Chicago. And everybody, I was there. Everyone was pining for a possible turn by Hangman on Kenny. And we've been on the edges of our seats for months and months and months until we finally got the split and we get this match here. And talk about an awesome way to open a pay-per-view. These guys went 16 minutes and 25 seconds. Great pacing, I thought. Not too long, not too short. Very memorable match. I, I think. I think it was. Uh, I think it was pretty predictable going in that Kenny would win. Uh, he he seems like the guy who should go on to face. Spoiler alert: John Moxley at the next pay per view. And I think they made the right decision here. But I also thought like the match didn't feel like it was a blow off or anything. I think we're going to be seeing several more Omega page matches as the months go on. So I thought this was a good like starting point, and like I said, excellent match. I think this one and, and the tag title match we're going to talk about here in a little bit, I think uh, neck and neck for best match on the show. Um, there was aspects of this match I liked a little bit better than the tag team match, to be honest with you. I, I tend to prefer matches that are a little bit shorter, but th- that are going at full pace, I mean, more of a sprint than a marathon, but... Uh, I do think if I if I was if I was asked to pick, I would go with the tag team match as my favorite match of the show. But this was right there. I mean, we're talking one A and one B. So of course Kenny got the win after the one winged angel. And um, you know, I like what they're doing with Kenny. He's kind of straddling the line between heel and baby face. He's he's still he's got that new entrance, which is really, really cool. It does have kind of the obnoxious uh, <laughs> listing off all of his accomplishments before he comes out kind of in a heel sense. Um, but uh, no, I think they've done a good job with Kenny's character, and I- I'm really, really excited to see him challenge for the AEW World Title at Revolution in February. And I think he'll be a, a really solid choice, maybe to dethrone John Moxley and become a AEW World Champion at that point in time. So they followed this off with uh, maybe what you think is going to be a bit of a cool down match with John Silver of the Dark Order taking on Orange Cassidy, and you know, Orange Cassidy remains one of the most popular stars in AEW and uh, this was good I thought I thought it felt a little long at times even though it was only about a 10 minute match Uh, but you know they took a while to get going because they did all the the signature Orange Cassidy stuff the exaggerated putting your hands in your pockets while John Silver kind of watches on and acts kind of like a cartoon character in the background but you know once they started going good pace to the match Um, John Silver's he's a guy that a lot of people are really really high on Right now, and I think I think with uh, with good reason. I think he's really taken a lot of he's 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 caused a lot of people to notice him, maybe uh you know without a lot of dedicated television time over the last few months. And I think this is maybe a good point where we're going to be starting to see a, a little bit more of John Silver. He's, he's turning some heads, but um, now in the end, Orange Cassidy he performed the beach break, got the victory, right decision. You got to put over Orange Cassidy here, but uh, it was it was an enjoyable match. So at this point. You know they're two for two, and then they follow that up with the TNT championship match: Darby Allen taking on Cody Rhodes. And if you look over at the preview that was written at ComicBook.com that I contribute to, I did pick Darby Allen to win this match. I thought it was the right time, and that's what happened. Darby Allen becomes AEW TNT champion, and Darby, I think you can definitely make the case. I've said this on the show before. I think Darby is the best homegrown star for AEW to this point in time. We're looking at people who a national audience probably were not that familiar with before the launch of the company. So you, you can't consider the Young Bucks. You can't consider Cody or Kenny or even Hangman. So you look at Darby Allen, man, this guy, he, the crowds, when we had the crowds, absolutely loved him. That theme song starts off, they go wild. And I think this was the right time. You know, Darby's kind of been chasing for that victory over Cody for some time now, going back to the early days of AEW. And I think the time was right to put him over. Cody, of course, you know, he's got Arne Anderson out there with them. Arn's disappointed when Darby gets the victory at the end. But Cody wants to congratulate him, you know. So he, he is, he's still putting over the guy for beating him, even though Cody acts kind of like in a heelish way a lot of the time he still puts over darby and his accomplishment of you know finally taking him out so i liked what they did there after the match you got taz coming out and you know as as darby and and cody are doing the 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 good moment in the ring shaking each other's hands congratulating you know the elevation here of darby allen taz comes out he's enough 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 and he's making fun of him for the moment in the ring they're having but this is all to set up the fact that uh Brian Cage and Ricky Starks are gonna come in from behind and attack Cody and Darby, and they really go after Darby. They take him to the uh, the car that he arrived in, and it looks like they're gonna shut Darby's arm in the door of the car when Will Hobbs comes out and with a steel chair and makes the save. So we'll be seeing a follow up with this story here. But like I said, this is this is a really fun match. I think. uh, when you look at, if you were to score the matches from from the show altogether, you've got that opener with Kenny and Adam. You've got the tag team match, which we have to discuss yet. And then this is, to me, the third best match on the show. And so, you know, talk about a show with three really good pay-per-view matches. Anytime you're going to have that, that's a, that's a pretty darn good pay-per-view. So before we go any further, we're going to talk about the back half of the card here. I do want to sh- throw the shout out to our friends, the good folks over at Bet Online and indeed.com football is back in full swing you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season-opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Online and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73 percent of online job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over three million businesses so right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollars credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So they follow Darby and Cody with the women's championship match. So you got Hikaru Shida defending against Nyla Rose. Now these two, they've had a good match in the past. This one... I didn't like it so much. Um, 14 minutes, they went a little long. I think Sheeta retaining it is definitely the right move. Uh, I think Sheeta has to hold the belt until Britt Baker's ready to challenge and probably win the title. I think so. so Sheeta has the face taken on a heel Baker down the line makes sense. So I don't think there's any chance he did the title change here. They uh, got Vicky Guerrero out there with Nyla Rose. And uh, this was kind of odd because I feel like it's time for Vicky and Nyla to. Go their separate ways. Maybe they are, uh, but the way it played out at the end, we're not so sure yet. But the match itself, uh, just the pacing, seemed a little bit off. There was there was good spots throughout the match, but it it seemed like Nyla kind of blew up throughout the match. She was a little slow, got a little bit sloppy. It, it just never really, it just never really clicked. Uh, but uh, now in the end, you know, as I said, Hikaru Shida gets the win. And uh, I was just not not at all surprised that she would get the victory. She hit uh, a second Tamahashi. She had already hit one earlier. Uh, hits a second one to get the to get the pinfall. And uh, after the match, you've got Vicky Guerrero coming into the ring, and she's screaming at Nyla that you know she didn't accomplish what she needed to do. She's really talking her down. And you're waiting for, for Nyla to maybe pop her, lay her out. And that and that's the end of Vicky Guerrero in this role. It doesn't happen. Uh, Nyla just kind of takes the verbal abuse. Maybe looks a little upset, but she just kind of takes it. And and that was it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, no, nah, I, I just didn't think that this one really lived up to what I was expecting. It wasn't bad by any means, but it wasn't great either. So following that was the AEW tag team title match. And, uh. I would say the second best tag team match in the company's young history. I didn't think this was as good as the Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny from Revolution earlier this year. But it, it's just behind that. It's just an excellent, excellent match. You know, you're you're probably listening to this now two days after the show. So you've probably seen all kinds of reactions on social media to it. But uh, almost 30 minutes. They got a ton of time. They worked in all these tribute spots throughout the match to different legendary tag teams doing their finishes. You got a, a heart attack to the to pay tribute to the Heart Foundation, of course. You had some spots from the Rockers. You had uh, a Swan Tom and, and a Twist of Fade for the Hardys. They did DIYs finish. Uh, there was uh, there was an homage to Power and Glory. Oh, geez, I don't even have notes in front of me. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some, but there was there was all kinds of these spots just paying tribute to some of the great tag teams over the years. The Midnight Express, there was a spot paying paying homage to them. So I, I liked I liked all of that. I liked how their gear played into a, a famous NBA rivalry. The Bucks were out there in their purple and gold, dressed like the Lakers, and you, you had FTR in a kind of Boston Celtics inspired. Colors and playing in that Lakers Celtics ultimate NBA rivalry story. I thought that that was cool. Uh, you got uh, Tully Blanchard banished from Rigside, so I think, you know, I think I think that there was a kind of a built-in uh, excuse here. You know, without without their coach, without Tully out there to have FTR lose as they did, I, I think that that's something you can play into to do rematches as this story progresses down the line, but. You know, of course, anyone that has followed the Young Bucks and and being the elite, they know that this is a match that has been teased for years, you know, going back to when FTR was in the WWE as the Revival. So this was the payoff. You know, we've been waiting for a long, long time to see this, and man, they definitely came through. Great, great match. Definitely go out of your way to see this. I will be actually very interested to get Justin and Kyle's take on this match uh, later this week when we put out our next episode. It, It won't be a full review of AEW like I'm doing here, but... We're going to talk about it because I want to see what they thought. But I really liked it. I thought, I think in the comicbook.com preview, I also picked the Young Bucks to win here. I thought that that was the right move. If the Bucks had lost, they would never be able to challenge for the AEW tag team titles again. And, uh, you know, I I didn't see that, that story would make sense. I think they are one of the best tag teams in the company, and I think they got to be in that title picture. I don't think you can do that. You know, it's similar to what they did with Cody last year at Full Gear, where if he lost... Uh, he wouldn't be able to challenge for the AEW world title ever again. And they've actually stuck by that that stipulation. He, he is not able to. And he said in a conference call this week that, you know, he took himself out of the world title picture because he didn't want it to be seen as nepotism. Like what, what happened with the, with his father, Dusty Rhodes, when he was the booker in the NWA and Crockett and WCW over the years. He, he thought he needed to kind of stay out of the world title picture. And that's why the TNT title means so much to him. Uh, so from his perspective, you know, I get that. With the Young Bucks, you couldn't do that. You can't hamstring yourself and not have arguably the best tag team in the company completely out of the tag team title picture. So them winning was not a surprise to me. I wasn't surprised that this was such a great match. And um, no, I mean, it, it definitely lived up to expectations. Now, I talked about uh, how we would, you know, you could have made this a better show if you if you cut some fat. And I think these next couple of matches are what I was referring to. So this Matt Harvey, Sammy Guevara, you know, elite deletion match, cinematic match filmed at, at Matt Hardy's estate, not the best, um, really weird mixed messaging, you know, in this, they had some comedy at the beginning, which you would expect in one of these matches. You know, we had appearances from, from Gangrel and uh, hurricane Shane Helms. And, you know, so at that point it was really lighthearted but then at the end of the match this thing got so violent. I mean the finish was essentially Matt Hardy murdering Sammy Guevara. He puts his head on the ground and there's this brutal chair shot that they do to his head and and Sammy looks just completely unconscious. He's bleeding. And then they load Sammy and it's like a garbage garbage can and take him off like Breaking Bad style or something, you know. I thought this was pretty heavy. And uh you know, I just I just wasn't a fan. This kind of thing just isn't for me. I think the novelty of these Matt Hardy cinematic matches has kind of worn off. You know, a lot of uh a lot of different companies are now doing this. Obviously WWE has done it now many times because of the pandemic. You know, when when Hardy started doing these these style of matches, they were new and fresh and they just don't really have that anymore and it just doesn't really live up to expectations, I don't think. So, I think this is something that they could have saved. They could certainly have saved this for just television. I didn't think this needed to be part of the, of the pay-per-view. And it went on for quite a while, too. It ate, it ate up some time. So I think if you were looking for a match or two to cut to make this show a little bit tighter and you know, elevate the pay-per-view to that like A-level status I'm thinking of, I don't think this needed to be on the pay-per-view uh, for sure. And you could even make the argument... Orange Cassidy and John Silver, although, you know, Orange Cassidy, of course, is one of the more popular stars, so I get that they want you they want to have him on the pay-per-view. Uh and hey, they had a good match. But I'm just saying, if if you want to cut a couple of matches, certainly Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, and this next one. MJF and Chris Jericho in a singles match where if MJF wins, he and Wardlow are allowed to join the inner circle. Now, obviously, this has gotten a lot of television buildup. Some of that very entertaining. I liked the singing segment that they did. I know that's kind of controversial. I liked it. I thought it was good. This match didn't need to be 16 minutes and 10 seconds long. I'll tell you that much. It was uh, not great. I didn't think either guy was really on during this match, but it was especially noticeable with Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho kind of struggled to keep up. He looked slow. He certainly looked his age. I think we've been fair about Jericho on this podcast. Uh, You know, We picked him to be the first ever AEW world champion when the company launched. But he just turned 50 years old this week. It was evident that uh, he's a 50-year-old man. And he wasn't keeping up. It was not a very good match. So the finish of the match was Jake Hager coming out. And he throws a bat into Jericho. And then MJF acts as though Jericho hit him with the bat. You know, MJF falls to the mat. The referee turns around and you see Jericho holding the bat course so then the referee goes to yell at Jericho for what what has he done and in that in that turmoil in that confusion MJF rolls up Jericho and gets the pinfall okay after the match then uh, you've got the fact that MJF can join the inner circle and you know they shake hands and I thought maybe that this was a blown opportunity to do something a little bit different from Jericho maybe we'll see this actually on Dynamite maybe I'm getting ahead of myself but To me, it would have made more sense to have MJF now entering the inner circle with Wardlow and they attack Jericho and and they lay him out. And you you have Jericho off TV for several weeks, maybe in several months, he's out. MJF is in. MJF is maybe even like the kind of leader of the inner circle now. And eventually you have Chris Jericho come back for his revenge. I thought it was kind of surprising that after all of this, they just kind of, you know, they shake hands and MJF's in and, and that's it, so... We'll see maybe maybe they'll, they will they uh, will play up on that on dynamite this week. Uh, and so that brings us to the main event. So we've got John Moxley taking on Eddie Kingston and man the build for this match has been supreme. It's been great. And and supposedly Moxley kind of went to the decision makers backstage and he argued to do this the storyline with his longtime friend Eddie Kingston and said you can give him 4 weeks they could build up something that's worthy of, of main eventing a pay-per-view, and they definitely did that. The The hype packages for this match were awesome. Uh, Moxley going in, I didn't really think there was any chance he would lose the title. I, I felt like Moxley and Omega at Revolution is, is your natural headliner. But, I mean, they elevated Eddie Kingston into that main event level where you buy him as a challenger. I think when all is said and done, maybe Eddie's going to settle into that TNT title level. Uh, but you know, I bought him, you know, challenging moxley here as a, as a legit champion, and although I didn't pick him to win, I could see where maybe they'd try to shock you and do something like that. Uh, it was a super violent match they had they had tacks, they had barbed wire, they had a lot of blood it was uh it was everything it needed to be. I didn't think they went too far, it was violent, you expected it to be violent in the end, what we had was uh moxley going for a paradigm shift, but Kingston reversed it, he suplexes moxley. Back first onto these thumbtacks that I just mentioned. And then just a few minutes later, Kingston got some rubbing alcohol from the timekeepers area, poured it all over John Moxley's back, you know, which would sting like crazy with all those you know, small cuts from the thumbtacks. And then Kingston goes and he throws tacks in the face of Moxley. He puts on this bulldog choke or tries to the same move that John Moxley beat Eddie Kingston with on dynamite about a month ago. However, Moxley was able to counter that into a sleeper hold and then hit a pile driver. That pile driver looked brutal, by the way. Following that, Moxley drives Kingston's head into the mat with a paradigm shift and then he uses a piece of barbed wire to help him in a bulldog choke. And after just a few moments, you got Kingston very lightly because he could barely talk, uttering the words, I quit. And that's the finish in this I quit match. After the match, after Moxley retains, Kenny Omega comes out. And he says something to Moxley, you know, this is, this is your, uh, your main event seemingly at the next pay-per-view in February. Uh, so I, I, liked it. I thought the way the match ended was, was very well done. I thought it was a worthy main event. I thought it was violent, but not too violent and, and overall capped off what was a, a really good pay-per-view and, and some awesome build to that main event match in particular. So yeah, I think, I think I'm at the B plus level. You know, I, th- I think uh, it could have been an A had they shortened the show just a little bit. Like I said, I would have taken Matt Hardy and Sammy off of the show. And then either MJF and Jericho or the Orange Cassidy-John Silver match. One of those. I would have cut the show's length by about two matches. But you know what? It wasn't as long as uh, All Out a few months ago. I thought this was a much, much better show all around than All Out was. Yeah, I think this is more on the level of, of double or nothing earlier this year, which was a was a very good show. I think Revolution is is still the best pay per view of this year, and maybe the best pay per view the company has had so far. But uh, you know, this is this is up there. I, we were kind of critical of All Out. I I think that was probably our most critical show we we have ever done when we've talked about AEW. And I thought they recovered nicely here. It, it's a solid show. I think it's very worthy of the fifty dollar price tag. If you haven't seen it, I would urge you to go on to be our live and buy the show and support this company. I know for a lot of people spending $50 on a wrestling pay-per-view after we've had all these streaming services now for years is kind of a, a tall task, but you know, if you want to support having a another company that that can rival WWE, maybe someday, I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable ask to, to put up 50 bucks every three months. It's not like they're doing these shows every month. And you know, pre 2014 we were used to paying 40, 50 bucks every single month for WWE shows. So I have no problem spending $50 every three months to to support what AEW is doing and is doing, and uh, I felt like I got my money's worth watching this, so I would love to hear your thoughts and uh, what you thought of AEW, and maybe we can read them on the show when Kyle and Justin return later this week. We will have a show out on Friday morning, and uh, some more thoughts on AEW Full Gear, and uh, you can send those thoughts to Topropenation at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me. I am at Ryan Drosty. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Or you can find the show at Top Rope Nation. We're also on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we've got, we mention this every week, a great group growing, growing and going over on Facebook.com. If you search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Request to join the group. We will approve you. Uh, we're posting on there each and every day with a group of about 250 fans. It's a lot of fun. Tell your friends. Let's keep that group going. And uh, like I said at the top of the broadcast, if you like what we're doing here on the podcast and uh, the dedication we're showing you and bringing you bringing you these podcasts each and every week for the last four and a half years, support us, subscribe, tell a friend. The best way to get this show out to more listeners is by word of mouth. So if you're a wrestling fan, you probably know a wrestling fan. Let them know about Top Rope Nation. And if you m- want more content from us, check out the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Top Rope Nation. Over 20 bonus podcasts and growing over there as well. So with that said, flew solo. I think it went okay. Not the most comfortable thing to do, but hey, I wanted to bring you guys the show, and here it is. So that was AEW Full Gear in brief by Ryan Drosty of Top Rope Nation. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good week.